All right, today is going to be a very interesting podcast. There's obviously a lot to cover. I just got back from Hawaii where I completely unplugged from everything that was going on and, uh, you know, just was able to kind of, you know, find myself a little bit more and did some soul searching, which I encourage everybody to consider doing, especially during a time like this where the whole world is going into a, uh, uh, without, you know, explaining it even better, it's just a, it's a crisis, you know. Um, and where we go from here is so important. And that's why I wanted to discuss the ways in which people are thinking right now. And I mean, I just call it two camps, uh, the two camps of thought on the future of where this country's headed and like where we're, what's going to happen. Um, and so I've got a lot of notes, a lot of details. And so I know a lot has happened and a lot of people who listen to this podcast probably listen to other podcasts as well and uh, listen to other shows. And so I'm not going to go over all those details uh, that have been discussed on other shows, uh, but I'm just going to assume that some of you have already learned a little bit about uh, what's going on or some of the, the recent developments, like what happened on the Capitol uh, and the infiltration and some of that, and then what ha- what's been going on behind the scenes in terms of military movement and the president and Trump and all this stuff and like what's going on with the future, these announcements with censorship, the censoring of the president, the, the, literally, I mean, the elimination of all the uh, very good content on YouTube. I mean, all of it, guys. Like it's all gone. Um, I'm trying to find all these you know channels I was subscribed to and stuff. And I mean, a lot of them have been taken down. And so uh, there's so much that has developed since I've last done a podcast. And I know that a lot of you have privately messaged me, asking me my thoughts about certain things. And obviously it's horrific. Uh, now, again, I was in Hawaii, so I was in paradise, just totally enjoying myself, uh, which was a perfect way to unplug from everything and that's what we got to do and that's what this whole podcast is about is breaking the matrix and a lot of the times uh that can do with uh, just unplugging and just you know enjoying nature and enjoying yourself and going internally which deals with consciousness and which deals with you know meditation and prayer and understanding the sort of the uh, the broader perspective of of the planet and where we are and who we are and how we're represented here and how uh, the context of history will look at this very moment. So that's kind of the thing that I was able to do over the last week. Uh, phenomenal stuff. But yeah, without further ado, uh, let's rock and roll on this podcast, which by the way, definitely share this podcast. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be everything you need to know. I mean, literally everything you need to know. I can't I can't think of anything I'm not going to share here on the podcast. There's a lot going on. And so that's why I wanted to do this now. Um, so here's the deal. There are two uh, camps, two patterns of thinking, uh, when it comes to uh, the future of America and, uh, both camps agree that they love Trump. They love what he did. They, they admire him. They admire the, the, uh, you know, the work that he got done in America, what he did for America, all of this stuff. Uh, so both camps support Trump. I'm not actually going to be referring to, the people who don't like Trump or don't know what's going on in America who are, they're not relevant to the conversation because those types of people who just don't know what's going on, they're, they're, they're becoming more and more obsolete. Uh, they're becoming more and more uh, unworkable. Uh, they're, they're not people that you should be looking up to. They are not people that are moving forward into the future. So what I'm saying is that I'm referring to people who actually support Trump, who liked what he did over the last four years, would who voted for him to, to be in for another four years, 
so these, so but what's, you were thinking, oh, well, how is there two people, two different people thinking differently, but they all support Trump? Well, let me explain that. Um, they think differently in terms of how they think the future is going to look, okay? And so let me go through the first uh, camp, okay? The first camp of thinking is, and I'm kind of in the middle. I really am in the middle. I haven't chosen particularly a camp uh, to be involved in, but we, here's the best part. We're going to know which camp, if you will, which which pattern of thinking is going to be true uh, within seven days. So, I mean, you know, this is the most exciting part is we're literally counting down to the days where we're going to find out for sure who was right, who was wrong. So that's the most exciting thing. So if you're listening to this podcast by Monday or Tuesday, uh, the, the, the 19th, 20th, 21st, you know, this might be irrelevant information, honestly. Uh, but a lot of it will be relevant because uh, I am going to lay out what is going to happen in, if, in both realities. So if you're interested, if you're listening to this later, 20, 21st, 22nd, 25th, whatever, um, what I'm going to tell you now is the way in which things are going to happen. Uh, from what I understand is there's only two paths to the future here. And so the first camp uh, is camp one. I'm just calling it camp one. So camp one of thought uh, is believing, okay, that Trump is truly stepping out of office on January 20th, 2021, and that Joe Biden will be the 46th president. This camp believes that Joe Biden stole the election. They know he stole the election based on the 28 things I could go through with all of you. But again, not going to go through all of that because I imagine that hopefully if you're listening to this podcast, you kind of at least know a little bit about what's been going on and how this election was stolen and it's totally in your face. I mean, all of it. So not going to get into it. But the point is, is they agree that Joe Biden stole the election. They, they agree on these facts. They agree that they don't like communism. They don't like socialism. So they love Trump. They all voted for Trump, but they believe that Trump is not going to be in office in 2021 uh, or January 20th, right? So that's this camp of thinking. Now, I would say personally, this pattern of thinking is more reality-based uh, and focuses on what will be the result of having America collapse into a third world country status. Uh, this is an attempt to put together all of the failed policies of the past and establishing more authoritarian ones that have never been seen before, like new foreign wars, uh, overthrowing other elected governments. We're very good at that in America. Uh, mass public indoctrination and education. Paris Climate Accord, which was the climate change hoax, shutting down our energy industry. Stripping people of their First Amendment rights, which we've only seen a little bit of a hint on that, guys, by the way. Uh, it's going to get very bad, by the way. Very bad. Facebook and Twitter and these social media companies, uh, Apple included, they're going to be uh, using AI to report to the feds who is saying what and who thinks a certain way. And guess what? The FBI, you know, they do a lot of nothing. A lot of nothing, by the way. Uh, during the four years of Trump, just all they did was investigate, you know, Trump, uh, and you know they 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 get they did some high profile arrests, but otherwise, literally, the FBI has been doing almost nothing. Uh, and so you just watch. I mean, the FBI has offices in major cities across this country. They are going to work overtime to make sure that people who go against this new authoritarian system are marked. And uh, personally, I think that you know they'll be arrested in many cases, on trumped-up charges that are lies and that are going to destroy their character. So that's where we're headed with the First Amendment. I mean, that's where we're headed. 
Facebook's going to just not only just report people, but they're going to uh, ban people and a lot not allow any organization or communication whatsoever. That's called warfare. If you want to go into war with somebody, uh, you bomb their communications depots and you make sure that they can't communicate with each other. You cut communication lines off. Uh, that way, there's no there's no talking and organizing, uh, and so that's what you do. So that's what's happening now. We're we are at war by every uh, by every metric uh, you can imagine. Now, here's the other part uh, that they'll be doing, which is stripping people of their Second Amendment rights, red flag bills, you know, getting the AR-15s off the street, yada yada yada. Uh, but what that's really going to do is it's what it is is taking away the ability for the people to organize and mobilize and actually have a fighting chance to stop at a true authoritarian government, which we have not seen before, by the way, uh, in this country yet. So all this stuff is, you know, they're going to have to go after all the guns because um, even liberals, which I'll get to, are going to start waking up and realizing they were lied to and realizing that this government is going to be extremely tyrannical and that nobody is going to like the government in the next two years. And I'm going to get into that in a second. Uh, this, they will also be stripping people of their fourth amendment rights, which essentially is the right to private property or uh, in, in context, it's actually unlawful searches and seizures, which basically means that they will uh, go through Google, go through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Apple, whatever they got to do in order to collect your information, collect text messages, collect everything. Uh, if you're, if you're, you know, a uh, a, uh, a rebel against the system, even if that means, this is the craziest part, even if that means you meditate and you love yoga and astrology, okay, these hippies and these people who are just spiritual and stuff, you all are enemies of the state. And so until you wake up and realize that, then, you know, this isn't the real liberal system that you're really looking forward to here. This is going to destroy your life. Uh, and no matter who you are, if you're going against the system, if you are against vaccines in any way, uh, and I'll get into all that, but if you're against foreign wars, if you're against anything like that, you will be marked and you will be, uh, again, all these rights will be violated. So another thing will be implementing lockdowns on a federal level. Now, mind you, the federal government has not implemented any lockdown whatsoever under Trump, uh, but under a Biden administration, there will be lockdowns on a federal level, which means that there will be federal punishments for gyms opening or restaurants opening or, you know, not social distancing correctly. And the feds will start to raid you. They'll start to, uh, and what would just happen in New Jersey. I mean, a guy who, a gym owner who has been open this entire time and ignoring the lockdowns, the government just literally took all, they drained his bank account. I mean, that literally happened yesterday. So yeah, that's a state government, you know, piddling around with some guy's money, a gym owner there in New Jersey, taking away all his money. I mean, think about what I just told you right now. So do I have to repeat it or let me just repeat it just so you understand. In New Jersey, a gym owner who has violated, quote unquote, these lockdowns just got all his money taken away from him from his bank account by the government. The government came in and took his money. Okay, did you hear what I just said? So that's gonna happen on a federal level. Anybody who is seen facial recognition, anybody who's seen without the mask, guys, it's going to get bad. Okay, it's going to get awful, and so that's what people have to understand. So, so again, like I said, you know, we'll we'll see. Many many people will wake up and realize that this was the worst decision of their life, uh, very very soon. Okay, so another part of the lockdowns is going to be masked. There will be mass forced vaccines. Now, the COVID-19 vaccine is it's just the beginning. I mean, that's that's nothing, honestly. Um, what they're going to come out with now under the Biden administration is going to be uh, just 
awful vaccines. They're not going to be anything like the one we even saw with COVID-19. But for, first, you're going to have to see COVID-20, COVID-21, because that's what's going to happen next is more pandemics. So more pandemics means more vaccines. Vaccines means more control over the population because with what they're doing with the vaccines, uh, obviously, I mean, they're sterilizing people. Uh, that's what's happening. In the, in the European Union's getting sued based on their vaccine over there. It's sterilizing people on record, sterilizing women in particular. So, uh, you know, I mean, again, I mean, just that's what they're trying to do. They're, they hate the people. They hate the population. They want to curve population growth. It's what China did with the one-child policy, which I'll be getting to China as well, which uh, that's, that's actually the next thing I was going to get to, which is uh, this new government that's going to be formed in 2021 is going to be folding to the Chinese Communist Party, which basically, better yet, is, is really just letting the Chinese Communist Party t completely take over the United States. Uh, they've already done so through the... Um, uh, what's the Confucius Institutes and all these major universities and how they're, you know, funding education, they're funding the media. I mean, you know, the media, by the way, is bankrupt, right? I mean, do you realize that, right? Like you realize that the media has no ratings. Uh, people watch the media, but not nearly the amount of people that they need in order to keep their ratings high in order to get their revenue from the advertising that comes from the money, like for, like especially Big Pharma, who are the biggest, by the way, the biggest advertisers on uh, all media, Fox News, uh, CNN, and others. I mean, it's the biggest funders are uh, vaccines. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Big Pharma, which includes vaccines. So, so, but the Chinese also influence um, these things because they also want Americans to take more vaccines, to sterilize themselves, to continue to eat GMO. Uh, they want to, again, they, I mean, they're taking over our information, intellectual property theft. They're the ones who are implementing the censorship. They're working with Twitter. They're working with Facebook uh, because these companies are desperate to get market share in China. And so they're basically practicing their authoritarianism that is allowed in China that, well, that's forced in China here in America. So again, this is where we're headed. And, and the Chinese are just basically biding their time. And now that they have the Biden administration coming in, it's very exciting for them. It's a very thrilling time for China because they are now just, again, the Belt and Road Initiative. They're taking over the Philippines. They're taking over Vietnam. They're taking over African countries right now. They're building all these railroads, these systems. I mean, if you just study China, China is just doing it right. I mean, they are this, this the, the most evil country in the world, which I'll get to, uh, but they are just doing it right. They are playing America like a fiddle, and it's it's just embarrassing to watch. And all these politicians, Republican, Democrat, have sold out to China and on Wall Street. All these bankers, all of these investors have invested in China because basically, what else are they supposed to do? I mean, China's sitting here. They're open. They've got all the manufacturing. They have slave labor. I mean, how is America supposed to compete with that? And Trump, Trump was actually putting together, you know, a really amazing uh, economic situation for America where we were bringing back car manufacturers and, and all kinds of fabric manufacturing and, and, and just so many different things that America could be building here. Uh, there's no reason why they shouldn't be. It's not because of the minimum wage and all that stuff. You don't need that. You just need more companies here hiring people. You just need more money here. And the problem was that they are exporting all of the companies, all the infrastructure, the intellectual property into places like China. And so, so again, it's just the Chinese communists are running circles around us and people just complain about Trump being a racist. I mean, they have no idea what, what is actually going on in China and how the Chinese are laughing at people who actually hate Trump. I mean, they're laughing because they just know that Trump was actually doing something good for the country. Uh, now, allowing the bank cartel, this is another thing, allowing the bank cartel to proceed 
uh, in the Great Reset, where the entire economy will collapse and they will buy all the valuable resources around the world for cheap. Now, China already does this. This is what they do. They build ports, they build railroads, they build coal plants in other countries, and they hire people and they get everybody to work. Well, then all of a sudden, you know, China will actually use that infrastructure. They'll use those resources. And eventually they say that they're building it for these countries. But then over, you know, two years, five years, 10 years, what happens is they come back and the bankers from China who loaned the money to these third world countries, they basically say, hey, look, we're defaulting on your loan. And we basically want you to just give us your resources and give us the coal that you had us build and all this stuff or whatever it is, whether it's oil, coal, gas, natural gas, whatever. And what they do is then they take over that resource in that country. So literally China is buying the most valuable resources all over the world. I mean, it's just absolutely stunning. It's brilliant. It's an extremely awesome strategy. It, again, it's very authoritarian. I don't, I don't promote it, uh, but it is the new colonialism. So those of you who think that Trump's racist and all this stuff, I mean, you want to look at real racism and real colonialism because you hate colonialism so much. Well, you should maybe take a look at what China's been up to totally colonizing other nations. They have no respect for any other country but themselves. They believe that they are reinstilling their Chinese empire. That's how they refer to themselves. So while you laugh and 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 scowled on, you know, America's history, the bumps in the road that we've definitely had with Native Americans and slaves and all of that and racism, that's fine and dandy, but you know what? At least America ended that shit here in this country and at least we have a civil amazing uh, melting pot of people who have cultures from all over the world. So People bitching and complaining, it just goes on deaf ears when it comes to me because I really, they don't understand the context of the planet. They have no idea what's actually happening, how there's actually slaves in other parts of the world right now, uh, including Libya, where they're enslaving, the Arabs are enslaving the blacks in Libya right now. They're selling slaves. So, you know, I, you know, I don't hear all the BS about us, you know, in our history about 150 years ago. You know, that's not merely convincing me to to turn on America because that's just not what America is all about anymore. We're clearly a much better country. So, you know, it's, it's just falling on deaf ears. But, you know, now you have the big bankers. So the bank cartel, you know, Rockefellers, Rothschild, you know, the DuPonts, others, other big banking families that actually own the Federal Reserve. They they own a lot of China's debt. The Rockefellers, you know, they funded China essentially. And so, you know, what's happening with these big bank cartels is they're undergoing the Great Reset. I mean, look at the World Economic Forum and how they're explaining the Great Reset, how this is going to be a whole new world where, you know, they're basically going to a collapse the third world. They're collapsing now America. So now they're officially moving into America. They've collapsed the country. I mean, look, they're looking around. People are wearing masks. People aren't going to businesses anymore. People are being let off. People are being let go from jobs. I mean, we already had an employment issue in this country uh, going into the pandemic, and now we have nothing. We have nothing. We don't produce anything. Our economic uh, prosperity is 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 devastated. We don't have any productive jobs. Meaning that I'm not talking about being a bartender. Okay, that's not a productive job. No offense to anybody who's a bartender, but I'm just saying that it's not a it's not producing a product. We don't have productive jobs anymore. We don't have that in America. We have very, very little. And the majority of Americans now just work for the government, whether they're working as a teacher, post office, you know, person or working directly contracting with the government. I mean, we have so many people who rely on the government 
and the government funding that we have no, we, we have literally given up our freedoms in that way as well. So in this great reset, what the bank cartel is essentially doing is they're collapsing countries economically so that they can go in and buy up resources from all the wealthy in that country. So whether it's Italy or France or England or America, you know, what's happening is the wealthiest Americans, for example, you know, who own all these assets, these buildings, these casinos and these, you know, in Hawaii, I was just in Hawaii, by the way, let me get to that. In Hawaii, in Honolulu, the uh, the, the city was empty. I mean, it was so sad. And what, so what's happening is essentially these the, the big bank cartel, money cartel, who've been sort of, they shorted all the stocks and they, they've gotten all the wealth now, right? You know, we've got Bezos, who's a, a multi-billionaire. We've got others, Elon Musk even, I love Elon Musk, but the rich have gotten richer in this time period. And so what's going to essentially happen is the rich are rich in liquid right now. Uh, they're waiting, they're biding their time to see more casinos collapsing, more condos, sky rises, guys, 30 floors, you know, 40 floor sky rises in Honolulu. I mean, there's nobody there. How do you expect them to make any money? So what's going to happen is all these sky rises in Honolulu and condos and billion dollar projects and resorts and all these places. What's actually happening now is big Chinese money is coming in there and they're buying up massive condos because the billionaire, the American billionaires who own these condos and stuff, they're having to sell because they have no way to make money. So what's going to happen is once the, the country is completely collapsed, Chinese money and, and some European oligarch money are going to come in and buy up America, literally America for sale, because we're going to be so bankrupt that whether it's condos or apartment buildings or manufacturing plants or businesses or corporations, entire companies like GM have sold to China. I mean, China literally owns the majority of GM. So why is that happening? Because they're smart, because they're, they're, they're using a political system to, to corrupt and then to bankrupt nations all across the world. And once they're desperate, right at that moment of bankruptcy, that's when the money comes in and says, hey, we'll buy this property off your hands and we're going to rock and roll. Don't you worry. We'll clear your debt. But now we own your shit. Now we own your gold. Now we own your coal. Now we own your oil fields. Now we own everything. That's what China's doing now. They're buying up like hundreds of thousands of acres of land in Texas right now. So look, I mean, we're just being, we're just totally lost. This country is completely collapsing. We have a, uh, a collapse of moral duty and, uh, and moral virtue. Moral virtue. Um, it's very, very, very sad. And so, yes, the Great Reset is here. And that's what the Great Reset means. A lot of people are trying to explain it. Da, 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 da. Well, I'm just telling you the truth. What it is, is it's, it's bankers who are waiting for the collapse of condos, valuable property, valuable resources, so they can go in and buy it for cheap. It's very simple. It's been, be, it's been being done by the, um, the World Bank, the International Monetary Fund. I mean, you can look up all of this stuff. They specialize in this shit. I mean, this is what they were doing in Africa. The British Empire are experts at this during their colonization and stuff. I mean, this is what they do. This is their shit, man. They are like divide and conquer, collapse a country, boom, boom, pow. I mean, it's a system. It's a system, okay? And then it works. I mean, it is absolutely stunning and it's beautiful. Uh, and I, I get it. I get the evil. Does that make sense? Like, I understand the evil masterminding that goes on behind the scenes and I respect it. You have to respect your enemies. And that's exactly what I, I respect what they're doing. They are so brilliant. They own the media. They own the people. They, they just manipulate everybody to be 
totally divided. It's it's so brilliant. And I just, I got to give the kudos to them. But that's why I give you these podcasts is to just get real with you and just tell you like, hey, this is exactly what's going on. Um, and I've done this deep research on this stuff. You know, I follow uh, uh, some of the, some of the most, I mean, in my opinion, some of the best research uh, on all of this. And so, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. I'm just, and, 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 Oh man. And then that's the last thing, the last point here, which is again, this is one camp of thought. I'm not even, I'm just on the one camp of thought here. And, uh, yeah. So look, check this out. So the last part in this, in this camp, if you will, of thinking of just, you know, again, being, being sort of realist, you know, Hey, this is what's happening. You know, the world is collapsing. Like it's, we're going into a collapse, like it's happening. Uh, so, and the last part was this, uh, they're going to destroy the idea of a free thinking culture, uh, as all the spiritual healers and hippies will eventually be get taken down. So what I mean by that is like, you don't live in a free, they just used you. They used the hippies. They used the spiritual people and the liberal, the, the loving and the, and they used you the well-to-do well-meaning loving humans that really thought that Trump was evil and America was evil. They just used you. They don't care about you. They're going to destroy you. They want to kill you. They hate you. So I just wanted to mention that last part there. Um, now here is the good news. Everyone will hate the government eventually. So with this Biden administration and the Democrats, you know, basically just totally seizing power through manipulation and fraudulent elections. And again, you're looking at the Democrat party and, and every metric, every metric, all they do is they run these major cities, uh, not every major city, but practically every major city. And they're corrupt. They're like not even that popular. I mean, look at New York city, people, 500,000 more, more than that have fled New York city since the COVID lockdown. So nobody likes this new Democrat party. Nobody likes them. They were voted out. Trump won in a landslide. So the good news is that uh, even the well-meaning liberals will get it here in a minute uh, because very soon they'll realize that this new Democrat system that they're trying to bring upon us, this tyranny, this authoritarianism is going to be so unpopular uh, that it will be incredible. Uh, that is the good news. That is the good news that everyone will hate the government eventually. Things will go back to the way people felt before Trump. But this time, that government, because everyone hated the government. Don't you remember that, guys? Like before Trump, anybody thought of government, they just thought, you know, they just thought, oh, that's corrupt. And that's what they thought, right? And so again, Trump kind of came in there. He was an outsider and people followed this guy and they saw what he did. And again, he, he, he set a new standard for presidents. He set a new standard for politicians because now politicians can't just say stuff and not follow through with it because Trump showed them that, that you can get shit done and that if you work hard enough, you will be able to accomplish anything. And so that's what Trump has proven to these politicians, but more importantly has proven to the people. So the people get that now. So when they see things like, oh, college debt, oh, you know, uh, they're like, oh, well, guess what? They're going to start expecting that shit to get done. And when it doesn't get done, they're going to be like, okay, well, why didn't that get done? And so people are going to start realizing that this is all just a big lie, right? Um, only at this time, okay, will people finally appreciate Trump for all the things he did and planned to do. Well-meaning liberals will finally admit they were wrong. And that will be a that would be a beautiful day, but it will happen. Mark my words. Friends and family that, that hated Trump, 
they will eventually hate Biden. They will eventually hate this new government. I'm going, I'm predicting that it's just totally true. Cause why wouldn't it be true? What's going to happen is going to be awful. Uh, and so they have been proven or they have proven that they are, this is for the liberals out there, uh, for, for people who I'm just calling it, call it leftists because well, well-meaning liberals are well-meaning liberals, but then there's leftists who are committed to communism. Like they actually think it's a good idea. Um, but they have proven that they are easily manipulated to think negatively about a political candidate who was actually doing a lot of good things. So let me, let me get to this point right now. You need to understand this. They have proven, meaning the liberals, that they are easily manipulated to think negatively about a political candidate who was actually doing a lot of good things. The truth is that it's going to be very hard for the media to make Biden look very good because in psychology, it's easier to be negative than it is to be positive. So without proper positive reinforcement, the well-meaning liberals will eventually wake up when they realize tyranny is truly taking over every form of our government. That's the key. The media can spin anything and make Trump look horrible, no matter what, right? Guess what? You know what's harder for the media to do? It's harder for the media, for anybody really, but for the media to make Biden look good. Does that make sense? It's easy for them to make Trump look bad, but it's hard to make Biden look good. So what's going to happen is eventually... Kamala and Biden, by the way, because we know Kamala is going to try to take over and it's going to be an embarrassment to the country because she never even got 1% of the vote in the Democrat primary. So you're really going to have an installed president. I mean, truly, truly. I mean, at least Biden had some people voting for him. I mean, millions in the country. But like Kamala, like really? So anyway, but with that being said, you know, what's going to happen is people are all going to hate Biden. That's the best news I could give you. And that's not really the best thing ever because it's like, obviously you hate, everyone's going to hate the government. You know what I mean? They're going to hate the government, which you don't want, you know what I mean? You want the government to do good things, but like, when is that ever going to happen? Okay. We need a true change in the way our government even works for that to happen. So how incredible is that? What did I just tell you right now? Is that everyone's going to hate this new government that's about to come in. Everyone will hate it. So just letting you know. So when this occurs, this is important. When this occurs, we will be able to have the masses turn against big government in a huge way. That's the success. This will create a true populist uprising, the likes of which haven't occurred in the modern era. Allow me to share historically what happened during and after the Civil War. So look, what's gonna, I'm going to say about what my reference will be historically when it comes to the Civil War, which I'll get to. Uh, and, uh, but but to, 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 to emphasize that point... There will be a populist uprising. Everyone's going to hate the government in the next four months, five months. I give it six months. By the summer of 2021, every single person is going to hate the government. They're going to be like, I cannot believe what's going on. I can't believe censorship. I can't believe this COVID lockdown thing. I can't believe the vaccines. I can't believe there's no jobs anymore. I can't believe the Chinese influence. I can't believe that this is actually communism. I can't believe. So what's going to happen is all these people are going to start waking up. And that's the best thing ever because they can't hate Trump. 
and Trump's gone and now they're going to have to just like deal with what they have, right? So they'll realize it was the biggest mistake ever and that th that Trump was actually a good guy. But hell, screw Trump. Even if they don't like Trump ever, they don't realize that Trump was actually a good guy. That's fine. We'll, we'll deal with that. But they're all going to hate the government. So we're going to, what's going to happen is we're going to, so that's why we need unity. We need unity to hate the government. Does that make sense? We need to unify under our common deed, our common, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Our common understanding, if you will, that we all hate the government and we hate tyranny. So that's the best news I could possibly give you is that we're all going to unify very soon. I'll give it six months. We will all be unified in America. Every American citizen will be skeptical of the government again and will hate what the government is trying to do to their life. Congratulations. That is what's about to happen. Uh, now, let me reference the Civil War. So, uh, well, before I get into that, man, I lean a lot of water all the time. But yeah, so in the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln, he was the president and he what really he underwent the, the harsh divide in the country. And uh, of course, uh, back then it was extremely violent. We actually went to war and, you know, states actually seceded and formed their own confederacy. And then we fought in a huge war and brothers, cousins, fathers, sons, they all killed each other, you know, and uh, it was, it was massive. It was brutal, but you know, it's, that's appropriate for the historical time period of, of what that was like. And so, um, you know, but what happened then afterward, what we've, we've experienced something like that here with Trump, where the nation was truly divided. I mean, you saw violence, you saw protests and, and all this stuff during Trump. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, it was, a lot of it was staged. A lot of it was manipulated and all that. But at the end of the day, you did see that. And, uh, you know, it was divided, but, it, you know, we live in the modern era. So, you know, people aren't going to go and form militias and start killing each other. Uh, not yet maybe, but, but I'm just saying that that's, you know, so that's, that's, that never really happened here, but you could say that Trump uh, sort of was the Abraham Lincoln in a way, in a way he was the president during the civil war. So what's happened in our government and what's happened in our, uh, basically in the, in the population has, has essentially been a civil war, but look, a modern era civil war, which is just this idea of like the speech and the, and the dialogue and the debate has, has really sort of awakened a lot of people. People are all very political, right? Because again, I mean, who was very political prior to the Civil War? And not, not as many people, people just lived their lives. But during the Civil War, it was obvious that there was a war happening. It was obvious that there were a lot of differences. There was a lot of different ways of thinking. And eventually, thank God, uh, you know, the Union prevailed. And that happened by the grace of God. And actually leads me to my next point, which it happened because of Ulysses S. Grant who was the general, who was kind of this drunk, cigar-smoking guy, who was a nobody in the beginning of the war, just a low-level officer, but eventually had enough victories in battle that Abraham Lincoln said, you know what, I need a grant. And, uh, I mean, he famously said something like, they, 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 these, uh, these uh, I think his advisors were saying to him, you know, you know, sir, he's a drunk, and he's, he's, he's out of control, and he doesn't listen, and he's never, you know, he doesn't do what we tell him to do, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, Abraham Lincoln famously responded. He said, well, tell me what kind of whiskey does this man like? Because I'm going to send him some. And it was this just awesome quote because it's like Abraham Lincoln said, I need a fighter. I need somebody who's willing to fight. I don't need somebody who's continuing to retreat because the Union was losing. And Robert E. Lee, the general of the Confederate Army, was proven to be one of the most successful generals in modern, well, in in military history, I mean, people study Robert E. Lee and they respect him for the for the for the person that he was. 
And um, yeah, you just got to respect your your enemies as well. I mean, Robert E. Lee was that type of a general. He was respected and he was, uh, he was somebody who was a real fighter. He was a real strategist. Now, with that being said, Grant, ultimately, finally, uh, you know, they, they beat, he beat Robert E. Lee. This is after the collapse of Atlanta uh, with uh, General Sherman, who basically invaded Atlanta and just burned the city down uh, because he was just, that was the economic engine for the Confederacy. So once Atlanta was burned down, Abraham Lincoln was reelected because it was a huge, obviously massive reelection. And uh, it was a big deal. Uh, and so Abraham Lincoln was reelected. Well, then the war came to an end because of Grant and the different battles and some of the other economic problems the Confederacy were having. They just didn't have enough. They didn't have enough anything. They didn't have enough bullets, food, nothing. And so it was just a ragtag army. And by the end of it all, I mean Grant ended up, you know, uh, you know, having Robert E. Lee's sword surrendered to him. And uh, they went. They let him down easy. That's what. Abraham Lincoln told Grant to do, let him down easy. Just, you know, don't, don't be so harsh on the surrender. Just let them down easy. Let them live their lives and just, we're going to have a good treaty and we're going to, we're going to come together again. So eventually the union was brought back together. But of course, I mean, you're talking fresh wounds here. Okay. There was not a lot of healing going on when it came to unifying the country. Here's the deal. Grant was somebody who was a general and he was well-respected. And this is why he was eventually elected president after Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. So Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. You can honestly, you can compare that to Trump right now, historically. Trump was, he was taken out of power uh, via a sort of a controlled demolition. They stole the election from Trump. He got a record 74 million votes, bigger and larger than anyone in U.S. history. Uh, president in U.S. history. So it's just incredible what happened to Trump. But they assassinated him in a sense of they killed him off. They killed his character. They assassinated his his presidency. Does that make any sense? So Trump isn't getting to get that second term. And I believe that if Abraham Lincoln got that second term, you know, the country would have stayed divided. You know what I mean? Um, the country would have never really unified because everyone, they, I mean, the Confederates just hated Lincoln. They hated what he did to them. They hated uh, just all of it. I mean, and, and Lincoln, to this day, historians argue that Lincoln did a lot of, you know, unconstitutional things and that Lincoln was wrong for the things that he did. So so in many ways, uh, they killed him and, and it might have been better historically when you look at it. Because when Grant was elected president, the Confederates at least respected Grant because of the the way in which he fought the war and the... Uh, the uh, the attitude and I think the, uh, the the compassion that Grant had uh, to the Confederacy when he defeated them ultimately. And he had all the power to do whatever he wanted to them, but he just basically said, don't bring arms, to, don't ri rise up again, basically. And he was good to them. And when when Grant got his chance to be president, he was a general, he was a, it was a military man, and he was president for two terms. And so he literally rebuilt the country. I mean, he reunified this country. And it was, it was, you know, it's bumpy. It was really bumpy. But at the end of the day, Grant was able to do that. And so what I'm saying to you now, Biden is not a Grant, okay? That's just not the reality, obviously. But I'm just saying that there will be somebody in the future that will gain power politically, that will be somebody like a Grant, somebody who everybody respects. The liberals will respect them and the, and the uh, conservatives and the populists and the patriots will respect this person. And uh, I think that whoever that is will will make themselves known in the next six months. And so we may have a grant. And so right now we don't need a Trump. 
We don't need a Lincoln. Lincoln was overseeing the division, the much-needed division uh, that happened and the war that happened. But now we need unity. We need to come together in America and uh, build something, build something great. We need to get out of this COVID thing. We need to get out of lockdowns. We need to do all this stuff. And that is the new populism because um, the world has changed since Trump's been in office. What got Trump in office was, hey, build a wall and you know stop the this this mass immigration flow get some manufacturing back to the country you know and renegotiate the trade deals well you know trump kind of did that but during trump's presidency now we have covid now we have a medical tyranny the likes of which we've never seen before so the world has changed and frankly trump just wasn't the warrior to fight against the vaccines he wasn't the warrior to fight against the medical matrix the health matrix so we need somebody who's willing to fight big pharma in a bigger way than trump trump did fight big pharma he did create lower prices and stuff but at the end of the day he wasn't implementing a new system of thinking when it came to medicine, which is another thing this country really needs. So there's a lot that Trump, I think, wasn't even able to do, but also he just wasn't the guy to do it. So we need either a woman or a guy. I'm open to anything, but we need somebody who's willing to take those steps in this new populism. Do you get what I'm saying? Like populism got Trump elected, but based on certain policies that were popular back then. Now what new populism is, new populism is getting out of lockdowns, never doing this again, getting away from the mass vaccinations, okay? Getting free speech, fighting for free speech. That's going to be the next war, okay? Fighting for our right to bear arms, and to be a real, you know, a country. And, you know, of course, some of the same things that Trump was already about, which is, you know, uh, uh, the trade deals, fairness, America first, that kind of stuff needs to stick around. Uh, so that's a little bit of that Trumpism that should remain in the patriotic movement here to, to move forward from Trump. So anyway, just throwing that out there. That's, that's the camp of thinking uh, of that, right? Uh, in terms of how people think when this future is unfolding. Now, when this true awakening occurs or, uh, around the country, there will be mass civil disobedience that will force our government to change their policies. See, our government, you know, they need us to pay taxes. They need us to go to their education camps. You know, they need us to, to comply to these rules and regulations. They still need our compliance. Do you understand what I'm saying? They need our money. They need our compliance. They need our consent. That's why in the, in the Constitution, it's the consent of the governed. They need our consent. So as this awakening occurs and everyone starts to hate the government in the next six months, there will be mass civil disobedience. There will be. Because you know what? Like I said, I mean, there's a lot of people who support Trump, for example, that uh, that love vaccines. You know what I mean? They love vaccines. I just don't get it. I mean, it's fine. They, they can believe what they want. But the point is they love vaccines and they think they're great. And, and, and the, the truth of the matter is that, yeah, you know, hey, look, we agree politically, but we do not agree medically. We do not agree on medicine. And so what I'm trying to say is that, like, there needs to be a real awakening, you know, that where everyone can agree. And so that's the exciting part. So there may even be an entirely new revolution. Uh, it's not a civil war, guys, because, again, like I said, the leftists are, are, are the communists are, are very few. I mean, there's very few communists. There's idiots. They're, they're idiots. They are honestly irrelevant to history. Communism is like the last century's problem. It's such a it's such a dying model that it's embarrassing, frankly. Even the Chinese Communist Party is trying to be less communist. They're they're like this capitalism fusion now. So it's like a mix, you know. And that's kind of the idea going forward. And so, you know, uh, that's the thing with with what we're experiencing now, right? And look, look, this is 
with that being said, the communism is dead and dying, right? Uh, that's that's embarrassing. That's like very. Those are the Antifa types with the helmets and the. Those are just. Those are nobodies. Those are crackhead meth heads. If you ever seen pictures of their mug shots, I mean, they're not going to rule the world. Okay, I'm sorry. They're just not about to take power. There's just those people are irrelevant. Um, what I'm speaking about is the well-meaning liberals, the well-to-do Black Lives Matter hashtag women out there on their Instagrams who think that they're a part of some sort of revolution. Um, there's going to be they're, – they're, they don't even know. what that's a, that's a controlled thing over there with the Black Lives Matter. But what's going to happen is there's going to be a new movement that's going to really awaken the people, and I believe that to my – in my heart. And so there might be a real revolution. So it's not going to be a civil war, guys. It's not going to be go and, oh, I'm going to go and shoot the guy with the Biden sign in his front yard. Like, no, dude, like that's not your enemy, right? And I, I believe most Trump supporters understand that. Most people who support Trump or support America, they understand that their enemy isn't their neighbor. I mean, you know, true Americans believe in free speech and true Americans believe that everyone has a right to believe what they want to believe. And so true Americans understand that their enemy is tyranny. Their enemy is, is government, essentially. Uh, and so, you know, that's what's going to happen. So by every metric measurable in terms of tyranny, we have reached a boiling point. So yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, look at, look at the lockdowns, look at what's going on. You think this is, this is, this is nothing. I mean, what's about to happen is even worse. So the declaration of independence, okay, would be a very relevant document to be published today, except, uh, expect those kinds of things to occur very soon. Now, uh, I say the Declaration of Independence. Go read the Declaration of Independence. The Declaration of Independence is this, it's, it's a list of grievances with the king. That's what it is. It's a list of grievances. And that list, it literally includes things talking about free speech, talking about a trial, uh, you know, w without a jury of, of your peers, and how they, they, would, they would take people in America, they would ship them to England to be under trial in England with a bunch of English people, you know, looking over being the jury. So it's like, yeah, they have a trial, but then they have English people who uh, hate them, essentially, uh, who are judging them, you know, judging their actions, judging what they did. They're not, they're not under a trial by their own peers. Does that make sense? By jury of their own peers. So anyways, it's, it's all this stuff. And then it's, it's talking about, um, the right to bear arms, how the king is trying to take away the, the guns, how the king was uh, taking away our ability to speak, our ability to, to govern ourselves. I mean, just all of it. If you read the Declaration of Independence, you'd be like, holy shit, this is a, this is a reality right now. You, would, you could read it and it would be the most relevant thing you ever read. Because it's like, wow, I, that's exactly how I feel about our government right now. And it says right there, it says, it says because of these things, it, 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 without, you know, with, with a simpler explanation, it says because of these actions, this calls for a, essentially a divorce of government. It, it, it calls for the people to unify and create a new government, a new system. And uh, that's exactly what's happening now. This unelected uh, government that's about to take office in all three branches of our government here is not elected. They were not given the consent of the governed. So yeah, you're going to have a lot of problems spiritually. Think about it spiritually. It's, it's, it's very much like, um, I don't know how to explain this really. It's, it's your wife who's cheating on you or the girlfriend who's cheating on you. You decided to marry. It's kind of weird, right? Like you, you married her, but she was cheating on you. So yeah, again, I mean, spiritually you're the, the marriage isn't going to go anywhere. Does that make any sense? Like, even if she could be the best thing ever to you, like she still violated these, these, these boundaries. So at the end of the day, uh, you know, that's what's happened with this, with this government. This government is, is unelected. It was not elected. So, so even if they got to power in their corrupted ways, 
it's 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 it falls apart. Does that make any sense? Like it spiritually doesn't compute because they had to lie to get to power. Does that make any sense? They had to lie about who they were to gain power. Okay, and that's very very important. That happens in our personal lives. People lie to us about who they are in order to gain power over us. And so it's very very important that we understand that. And so you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, when this occurs. Uh, there will be leaders rising up to reestablish the American system, you know, and states might even secede in order to form alliances with other nations and states to combat the powers of the out of control and unchecked federal government. Think about that. There literally will be Texas, Indiana, you know, uh, uh, Iowa, Idaho, other, other states will more than likely they could secede from the nation. They could form their own nation and basically say, look, we as states, we are suing the federal government because y'all are doing the wrong thing. Or they could secede entirely and say, we have nothing to do with your government anymore. We're, we're you know, con- you know, consolidating our power and we're not going to be a part of this federal government because what they're trying to do is not a part of the constitution. They have violated the constitution in every single way. There is nothing constitutional about our current federal government. Think about it. It's a fake government. Okay. So yeah, you know, there's going to be states that are going to realize their power to secede. They're going to realize that there is unchecked power in DC and how like DC is the richest city in America, but DC doesn't produce anything. Let me say that one more time. So you understand Washington DC is the richest city in America, not Silicon Valley. Washington, D.C. is the richest city in America. Why the hell is D.C. the richest city in America? Well, it's very clear. Foreign money. Okay? Corruption. And all these people who have millions and millions of dollars in D.C. who literally live off of the federal government, which in reality, they live off the Federal Reserve Bank Cartel system. They literally live off of a fiat fake currency that is printed out of nowhere that is then indebted to the American people by the IRS, which the American people in the rest of the country have to pay to fund the lifestyles of everybody in DC. That is insane what I just said. So until we get to a point where we understand that, we're never going to get anywhere. And so, yeah, states can do what the hell they want and people will rise up. Okay. Now, this will be a very chaotic time uh, for America. And if we are lucky, we won't have Chinese military invading our shores during this time uh, because the Chinese are working with traitorous citizens in America right now. To destroy the nation from within. And they're doing an excellent job. I give the Chinese A++. While people in the military believe America is invincible. Okay. And I mean, a shout out to one of my good friends. Who just thinks that, you know, the military is, you know, all all fantastic. And, you know, and he believes that we can fight off anything. Uh, while the people in the military believe America is invincible. They have lost touch, in my opinion. With the influence of our corrupted political class. And convinced or, or, or they, they, they're, they've lost touch with the influence of our corrupted political class 
and the devaluation of moral and civic duty among the citizenry of our country. People are so lost in this country that they are convinced that America is the evil empire that needs to be destroyed. They are literally buying propaganda from China who runs death camps, harvests organs from people who do yoga, by the way. If you do yoga, you have a chance of getting your organs harvested in China. China, who kills its own people through a one-child policy. They have no respect for life at all. No respect for life. China, who censors their internet with a Chinese firewall, is what they call it, the firewall, the famous Chinese wall, who promotes and has slave labor with suicide nets surrounding the factories that build iPhones and destroys third world countries in order to expand their wealth, as I explained earlier, how they go into other countries and they build stuff and then they, 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 they credit you know, the money and they credit everything to, the, to these, to these you know, companies out there in third world countries. And then later, you know, two years, five years, they go in there and they say, hey, we want all the money right now. And those companies don't have the money. And so the Chinese say, hey, okay, well, just give us the asset. Give us, the, the, give us whatever it is that you bought with our money, whether it's the oil field or the oil production plant or the natural gas pipeline or the, I mean, the Chinese are just incredible. A++ for taking over the world. I mean, A++. And, you know, just, yeah, they're weak in a lot of, in a lot of ways. But at the same time, like, again, our American military who thinks we're so invincible, uh, yeah, just remember your commander in chief matters, number one. Number two, uh, you know, I think you're I think you're out of touch here because, you know, there's America, the American people are just they're fallen. They're fallen creatures and they are they really don't care about America. They hate America, you know, and so you can't you just you can't defend a country who hates themselves. And uh, even if you tried to fight for their future, you just you can't fight every battle for them. You know what I mean? So yeah, the military might be high and mighty, but I'm just telling you right now that the Chinese are, are doing a good job on the on the domestic front here. Uh, they don't need to do too much uh, to, to attack us because we're already demoralized as it is. All right. That is the first camp of thought, right? Isn't that incredible? That's the first camp of thought when it comes to, you know, this entire thing. And I'm literally 54 minutes into this podcast. So yeah, it's going to be a longer podcast and, you know, just you got to deal with it. But I know that a lot of you will still listen to this because this second camp of thinking is is very, very important as well. Uh, I just laid out the camp of thinking that I am more I am more a part of, I will say that. I believe that Trump will leave office. I believe that the system basically won, you know what I mean? And, and it's very sad, but you know, I think that that is more or less the truth. Now, there's a part of me that's, that's well, this is gonna be called hopism, if you will. And uh, what I'm about to get into now is gonna be a totally different uh, ball game. So, here it is. The other camp of people who support America and love Trump are those who believe that Trump is about to win it all in the bottom of the ninth inning. They believe that the recent activities that have occurred during the election internationally and domestically are leading to the ultimate trap for the globalist forces around the world 
and our corrupt political and corporate class. There have been many things happening behind the scenes that would suggest that Trump is not leaving office at all. And if he does, it will only be temporary until he is inaugurated eventually in the spring of this year. Take that into consideration. So there are people that actually believe Trump is going to be inaugurated somehow one way or another. Some of the behind the scenes activities have been the movement uh, at the Department of Defense, military and cabinet officials at the White House. Some of these moves would create a scenario where Trump and patriots in key positions in our military can actually arrest the traitors in our country to put them on trial with military tribunals. Now, before getting into some of the details of this wild scenario, let's stop to think about the type of political and historical environment we are living in. This is important, guys. So yes, I just told you about some crazy plan that uses the military to try and overthrow our government. Uh, you know, sounds crazy, right? Well, let's continue. With the current state of the world, it is easy to see how we are living through a very important historical time period where a lot is happening in a short period of time. Some refer to this as a singularity, uh, which again, that's more of a scientific phenomenon where like so many things are happening at once that we're becoming in like a we're like quantum leaping or time lapses. Uh, so anyways, not going to get into that today, but it's a very interesting concept. The point is that nothing is far-fetched to consider at a crucial time such as this. We can, we can witness something huge in the next couple weeks. And when you look at it historically, decades from now, it would make sense. This is how I feel about reading certain time periods in history. It can be very jaw-dropping to read how things unfolded so quickly throughout history. To see how fast things can change, that is something we might just be living through right now. So I bring up this point because if you are at any if you read any history at all, you can kind of basically you can kind of see how literally when things are looking their worst and there is no future, okay? All of a sudden, amazing things happen. D d providential things, divine, that are unexplainable, happen and change the course of history. Literally change the way things were going to go. I mean, literally, guys. I'm not even kidding. The Revolutionary War, the Civil War, uh, these, uh, the Roman Empire, you know, the Persian Empire. Chinese empires rising and falling. I mean, just all of these things uh, have happened, you know. And I mean, I can give one. And it was how the Spanish, the Spanish who were uh, super successful, the most successful European power at a given time, they were actually going to go and invade England with the largest Spanish naval fleet. And it was called the Spanish Armada. Uh, and that was going to be the this 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 massive takeover of England. It was going to be Spain's war with England, and it was going to be the end of the English people, literally. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, in the English Channel, a hurricane came through. Which there's really never even any hurricanes the way in the Mediterranean that often. But the hurricane came through and sunk the majority of the Spanish fleet. I mean, literally, 
destroyed the entire navy. And just like that, with no shot fired whatsoever from the British, the Spanish Armada was defeated. So, again, things like that happen. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that the Spanish were bad or good or the English were bad or good. It's just, it's just the way history unfolds sometimes. It's just it's incredible the way it, the way it happens. You're, you're, your jaw dropped. I mean, you literally are like, what? And that is history because history is stranger than fiction. And that is so true. Okay, so yes, things can change. When you look at the crimes, this is important, guys. When you look at the crimes that have been documented and proven in the public, so not even the ones that are not even, you know, that are sort sort of still secret and disclosed, but even proven in the public by government officials, heads of corporations, and other regular citizens, it isn't difficult to realize the justice for those crimes would be incredible. We are talking about having sex with children in blackmail operations to gain trust in elitist circles. I mean, that's the kind of stretch of the imagination you're going down here. Pedophilia, having sex with kids and killing kids for blackmail, Jeffrey Epstein's island, all of this stuff, okay? All of this stuff. So, just giving you that idea, guys, it's insane, okay? The crimes are massive. We've got uh, these crimes being so awful, right? I mean, you've got Chinese foreign influence, Iranian money, uh, you've got English banker money. I mean, you've got all this corruption, George Soros money from the Open Society Foundation funding stuff, overthrowing governments, overthrowing elections and, and the district attorney's offices and mayor races and, and, and judges. And I mean, it's just, oh my God, it's just... This, it, by any stretch of the imagination, the crimes that have been committed are so massive, so massive, so in your face. And that's what's in the public. Imagine what's disclosed behind closed doors still, you know? So just imagine that. That alone, it, 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 it's enough. Does that make any sense? It's enough to respond in a big way, which I'm about to explain. So yeah, to have a military tribunals and to have all these traitors and in, in, in DC arrested and, and, and put on trial, I mean, that sounds fucking crazy. You know what I mean? Like that sounds insane. But when you know the crimes they've committed, you actually start to think about it and you're like, you're like, wait a second. Not only is that a, an appropriate, almost default response would be to arrest them and put them on trial immediately. Not only is that a default response, it's actually probably the only real way to save America when you really think about it. It's the only real way to save America. And I don't believe the military is all good. I'm just saying that like when you have this much corruption and unconstitutional dictatorial powers in our government, what else are you supposed to do? You know what I mean? Like what else are you supposed to do? What are you suggesting we do? Because... We need to just destroy this system completely. And if we need to use the military to do it, I ain't going to feel very bad about it. Okay? Now, so with that being said, uh, the suggestion that the military could arrest high-profile individuals to put them on trial in a massive sting operation is actually very fitting to the crimes they've committed, as I just said. It would also be the only real way to correct this massive fraud that has plagued the American system. Since the establishment of the Federal Reserve in 1913, the elimination of the gold standard in the 1970s, and the killing of John F. Kennedy 
1963. If there were military tribunals of high-profile people, I would personally not feel bad at all. I would feel that it was long overdue justice. I do believe that everyone deserves a fair trial, though. If you are curious about how massive this would be historically, just read about the Nuremberg trials of the top Nazi officials and military after World War II. You see, people never thought the Nazis would ever see justice for the massive crimes they committed. But they did. And the whole world watched the evidence when it was presented. They heard from the victims of the crimes that were committed and the defendants whose excuse was that they were just following orders. That's a very historical, good historical context because if you can imagine the Nazis and the power they had uh, during the 1930s, their rise to power, the economic boom that happened in Germany, and then how the, the military development of all, all of this stuff going on and the SS and everything, and then the eventual uh, takeover of Europe of, of, not, of, of the Germans, I mean, and the killing of, of millions of people, civilians, the starvation of, of civilians, uh, the bombings, the, I mean, just the evil guys, the evil that was done in World War II. I mean, people who were hopeless and who were get, getting killed, who were being put in gas chambers and concentration camps, who were uh, being rounded up as prisoners. I mean, guys like those people, they just looked at the Nazis as like, wow, you know what I mean? Like they are so powerful. They're so organized. No one can stop them. Like they are way too powerful. Does that make sense? And so that's how we feel right now. We feel like Biden just stole the election and like it's so obvious and like the people who are believing in all this are just like the the the, the useful idiots that believed in the Nazis taking power and using fascism to do it and 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 all this stuff, okay? Uh and they they're the the useful idiots who believe in that, the same useful idiots from the past are just reincarnated essentially. And, and all the people like us, we're out here, we're feeling hopeless. We're feeling like, dude, how is this going to happen? How could anyone ever get justice? You know what I mean? So I get that feeling and guess what? They did. If you read about the Nuremberg trials, I, I recommend you do because, I mean, these are like, we're talking like top Nazi generals, Nazi officials, Nazi doctors, you know, even some of them who were uh, actually being hunted down in Venezuela because uh, not Venezuela, I'm sorry, Argentina, because Argentina was so, you know, friendly towards, you know, Ger uh, Nazi Germany and stuff, gave them oil and resources and traded with them during World War II. You know, they fl a lot of them did flee, a lot of German Nazis flee, uh, fled to uh, Argentina. Many people believe to this day that Hitler actually fled to Argentina and was in hiding for decades, actually lived uh, I think he, I think they say that he lived until like the 1970s or 1980s or something like that. Lived a long life in Argentina, believe it or not. Um, and so, yeah, you know, yeah, people, some people fled justice, which, which can happen here too, by the way. Uh, you know, people can flee justice. They can leave the country. Um, but again, that's why these, the borders, the Canadian border with America and the Mexican border are still closed. So it's closed until February 22nd, apparently. So and I'm going to get into all this stuff that's kind of leaning into this idea, this this theory that uh, all these people are going to be arrested, right? 
But I'm just letting you know, historically, everyone thought that, that the Nazis were going to get away with it. They were going to take full control of the world. And I mean, there was nothing stopping them. I mean, they had the technology, they had the willpower, they had the military. I mean, they had it all. And they were excellent at what they did. But you know what? Somehow, some way, you know, the allies just, they fought hard and they fought back and uh, they won. You know what I mean? And eventually they put them all on trial. Not all of them, but many of them. And some of the Israeli Mossad agents later, when Israel became its own country in 1949, uh, you know, there was, uh, you know, people who were actually going and trying to round up these, these Nazis, these top Nazis in Argentina. And uh, uh, there was a famous one, uh, there's a movie about it now, and there's a book about it. Uh, but uh, it's, uh, what is it? Not Joseph Goebbels, that's the guy who's the propagandist. But um, they called him the Angel of Death. And, uh, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting his name, but he was a doctor. He was one of the famous doctors who, who was like probing one of the twins to see if the other twin would feel the pain of one twin. And it just really screwed up, you know, experiments. And, uh, yeah, anyway, so the, uh, there was a, there was a uh, mission to actually go, go kidnap him in Argentina, which was successful. So the most high profile individuals to be taken out of Argentina and put on trial in Israel. So again, you know. It's not the best ideal thing. Uh, he should have been put on trial in Germany, probably. But the point is that, uh, you know, he was on trial and, you know, that, that did happen. So uh, th that the Nuremberg trials happened before that. But the point is, is that the trials happened. People saw the evidence. People saw the pictures of the Holocaust. There were witnesses who testified. There were people who were uh, trying to get immunity. Uh, so there were soldiers, like low-level soldiers, who were trying to get immunity. So they they basically told the truth about it. They said, "I was I was hired to do this job. We killed this many people. It was this person in charge. It was that person in charge. It was at this location. It was with this train. It was with this. I mean, they, they went into all the details. So you know, trials are still important because people need the truth. So if this sting operation is going to happen, then yeah, you're, you expect a trial. There's going to be a public trial and the whole world is going to watch these people get put on trial because that's the, that's the only way America can actually heal from this. Okay. Because you don't just take over, you don't just arrest all these people and just, you know, let that be that. No, you, you have to have a trial, you guys, you have to, and you have to have be fair in your trial and you have to have, let the defendants Defend themselves. Oh, well, we took Chinese money, but, you know, I was threatened and whatever. Let them defend themselves. Oh, we did. I fucked a, I fucked a little 17-year-old or 16-year-old and, yeah, I slit her throat afterwards, but, hey, I was forced to do it. Let them defend themselves. You know what I mean? Like, let the evidence be presented and let's hear it all out. And once America actually sees what they've done, what these politicians have done, and, and not all of them will see justice, trust me, uh, but a lot of them should and will. Uh, under this plan, if you will, under this under this idea, which, by the way, even if this doesn't work under Trump, I'm just letting you know that that this is what we need to do. Like the people, if the people ever rose up and did something about this, that's what we would need to do. We would need to citizens arrest all of these criminals and round them all up and basically put them on trial and make trials just ourselves. Screw these elected judges. Constitutionally, we don't need them and put on our own trials and say, this is the evidence that we're being presented with and these are the crimes you committed and you have to defend yourself and the crimes that you committed constitutionally are punishable in this way and this is how we're going to do it. So that's why you need trials and that's why th this whole arrest thing could, you know, when it happens, they need the trial to do that. Now, 
uh, here are some key things that you can kind of piece together, the puzzle pieces, because all this would, again, if this was actually happening, in my opinion, it would all remain a secret. Like nobody would really know what's going on. Does that make any sense? All it's only it only is about people maybe putting two and two together. Does that make any sense? Like it would be like putting puzzle pieces together to 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 make the picture right. Uh, and you you wouldn't want to reveal a sting operation if if it was a real sting operation. So again, guys, this is just a this is just some part of what, the way people are thinking right now. You know, I'm not saying that this is the what the what I believe. This I'm not saying this is what is the truth. I'm just saying that these are things that are happening, and there are some people who believe one way or another. Now, with that being said, let's go over some of the documented evidence that would suggest uh, that something is actually going on. Now, uh, the the changes at the Defense Department. So, about four days or so after the election. Uh, the, uh, Mark Esper was the, uh, the, the, uh, head of the secretary of, or he was the secretary of defense and, uh, he stepped down, right? He resigned or whatever. He got fired, whatever you want to call it. And the acting, uh, defense secretary right now, um, is, uh, Chris Miller. Okay. And Chris Miller apparently was, um, God, what was Chris Miller? I think he was a, uh, he was, he was special forces commander, uh, he was somebody who's obviously he's military. You know what I mean? He's not a civilian. Mark Esper, who stepped down, he was a civilian. Right now, what we have in the the head of the Defense Department, basically the head of the military. Just think about it that way: the head of the military, the head of the the Pentagon. Right now, you have Chris Miller, who basically is a, is a patriot. Okay, he's a patriot and he's a military commander. So again, why are you putting a military commander in? I mean, that makes sense, but again, it's just a little skeptical. So that's been happening. Well, a lot's been going on over there. Um, there's this guy named, uh, Cash Patel, who, if you watched the movie, the plot against the president, uh, Cash Patel was the key guy who exposed the truth about what happened essentially with the FBI lying and with all of the corruption that happened to try to get the Russia gate thing to impeach Donald Trump, to, to arrest Trump, to get him out of office. So he was key in actually exposing the truth behind all that, proving that it was all a hoax. Well, Cash Patel is, is right now, he's working at the Defense Department. So another patriot is working there as well. Um, I think it's, uh, who's another one? There's another guy, Corey Lewandowski. He's a civilian, but he's also working with the Defense Department now as well. So again, very Trump loyalist, big Trump loyalist. Um, and again, so just, there's a lot of, there's people moving around in the Pentagon right now that are loyal to Trump, that are loyal to America. And they don't, I don't personally, I personally think that they don't want to see a Joe Biden administration. And they personally, I believe, they believe that, uh, that this was Chinese influence and that, that America cannot stand to let this, this happen. I, that's what I believe at least. Um, now another thing that happened was the special forces. So special forces are like Navy SEALs, Army Rangers, Delta Force, all these different, uh, you know, essentially special forces, special forces from each military branch. They were being overseen by the State Department, by the CIA, and by other government agencies. Well, what happened after the election was those special forces, they are now being, uh, they are now being overseen directly by the Secretary of Defense. So Chris Miller, who's a military commander, who is now acting uh, defense secretary, he is now overseeing special forces. So they report directly to him. Okay, who he reports directly to Trump. 
So the lineage of the movement of that is also very curious. Like why, why do that? You know? Um, so, and that's what JFK wanted. John F. Kennedy wanted, uh, he knew this, the Pentagon was prepared for like mass scale warfare, but that the Pentagon needed to change and adjust to this new world. And, and John F. Kennedy knew that the special forces, um, would end up becoming the most relevant military force that, that America had. And, uh, he was right. But the special forces were basically being run by the CIA and other military agencies and not being run by the president, okay? And so it was bec in many ways because of John F. Kennedy's uh, you know, willingness to want to work directly with these special forces and try to cut off the CIA uh, from looking at all this stuff and, and being a part of all this. Uh, that's, that's, that's why got him killed, you know, because the CIA needs the special forces. The CIA needs the military to help them overthrow countries and do all the stuff that they do. And so that's very, very important to realize. So, so the special forces are now being overseen by, by Chris Miller himself. Right. And, um, you know, uh, what's another thing? Very curiously out of nowhere, the, uh, the lineage of succession, which basically means if if somebody is is killed or impaired where they can no longer serve in their duty at at, at a at a post at a specific uh, uh office uh, what happens is when they are they get killed or something it goes to the next person and it's called succession right just like the president if he were to be killed the vice president would be president and if he were to be killed, the second, the uh, the uh, House Speaker would be Nancy Pelosi. She would be president. And if she were to be killed, you see what I'm saying? It's a succession, right? If something were to happen to our government. Okay. Well, uh, the Defense Department basically, Trump made these executive order where they changed the succession of of military pos positioning, basically, uh, the head of Secretary of Defense. So where the head of Secretary of Defense would be going to the Secretary of Navy, and then if it wasn't the Secretary of the Army. So what happened was Trump basically just threw all that aside and made the succession Trump loyalists, basically American patriots. Uh, I forgot the exact uh, the titles of who they are, but the, the 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 Department of Defense, if if something goes down and and the and the head guy is killed or the people below, what happens is the succession of the people who would take power after him are are people who are loyal to the country, who are patriots. Does it make sense? So like, so, so that, that was random. Okay. I remember what, reading that and now you're getting into my research here. I, I mean, I've been researching this stuff too. I don't necessarily believe it's going to mean anything. I'm not sure, but, but it only makes sense that the military would, would act this way because what is happening essentially is a Chinese communist takeover of the country. So I would expect the military to do something. I'm, I would be very sad actually if, if we really just let this all fall apart, go to Biden and, and let the Democrats take power the way that they did it, I would be very sad because obviously it means that our that foreign governments successfully influenced our, our political system. So I would expect the military to respond. Now, um, there has been speculation about this, but personally, I, I, I mean, from the sources that I've looked at, I, I believe that this did happen, um, which was the, the, the day after, two days after, uh, the election that in Frankfurt, Germany, where there are CIA uh, servers and and uh, these different, basically these these servers where that you can run a, a cyber attack on on the country, uh, on America, or but on any country really from this city in Frankfurt, Germany, from these from this base there. Well, uh, there was some 
some speculation, some news that came out that basically said that there was a firefight between CIA and American special forces that were there to try to seize those servers to prove that this election was stolen and that the results were changed by these the cyber attack essentially it was a cyber attack on America so it's a it's you could call it traitorous to America and the CIA guys is not your friend okay there might be some decent people working for the CIA but like the the the, the apparatus itself is not constitutional and it's rogue it has gone rogue and and that's why the CIA is responsible for killing John F Kennedy because the CIA um uh, is was not responding to the president. They was not. They weren't listening to the president. They were out of control. And Eisenhower told John F. Kennedy that whenever he gave power over to him. And Eisenhower basically said, "Look, the CIA is taking control, and they're trying to use American influence all over the world to accomplish their own idea, uh, their own tasks." This comes from Rockefeller-funded Council on Foreign Relations stuff, guys. This is just deep, deep, deep stuff. I'm not going to get into it. But the point is that you, the CIA is not our friend. So. People believe that in Frankfurt, Germany, there was a firefight that happened that killed some soldiers, and uh, and and things happened, and 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 it was very interesting to watch and, and interesting to see. So, anyway, I mean, I guess you could say that that happened, right? Okay, that's interesting. Why would they be fighting over some servers, and why why would that happen? Again, this is about collecting evidence. Uh, the data analytics of the election fraud by military sources. So the military was using their own cyber warfare to conduct these uh, these uh, investigations and saw that uh, results were, were sent to China, election results were sent to China, changed in China, changed in Frankfurt, Germany, uh, sent to an Italian satellite. Uh, there, there was different things going on. And so some of these things, not all of them, but some of them were presented in the state hearings, the state, uh, state houses in different states, in battleground states where the election was manipulated. So uh, you have Italian, you have Chinese, you have Venezuelan, and you have Iranian government involvement, uh, really of the overthrow of the United States. So if, if, if I told you that there were all these governments and all these uh, countries that were involved in overthrowing our country by putting in power a government that they control or that they have controlling interests in, wouldn't you think that that would be a, considered a military attack on our nation? And if you think it's a military attack on our nation, don't you think that our military and essentially Trump as the commander in chief should dutifully respond to such attack? The answer hopefully is yes. Uh, you would think that the, uh, if the government of our, if our government was attacked, that you would think that we would respond. Now the Chinese communist influence over the democratic and Republican party, that's so relevant. These are just key points to look at as to why this military operation could and should happen. Uh, the presentation of evidence in state houses in all battleground states. That's what I just mentioned. So you did, you know, you did have Rudy Giuliani and you had the circus going around and telling everybody about what happened in this election in different states. And they were all different, different election fraud in different states, all that stuff. And they, you know, they attempted all legal paths to victory to allow the Congress to do the right thing. So Trump and, and my assessment of him he really believes in people. He really has this like optimism. And he really believes that when presented with the right information and when given the right opportunity that people hopefully will do the right thing. Well, what we've learned is that essentially um, that didn't happen. Okay. Nobody in our government did the right thing. Nobody. Uh, which is the next point, which is allowing the Supreme Court to have the opportunity to do the right thing. So not just these state houses, not just Congress, but even the Supreme Court. They had the ability to 
to do something and they didn't do anything. So what we're so watching as each form of our government became completely dysfunctional, even when the evidence that massive crimes were committed gives Trump everything he needs in order to execute this military order. There has been a breakdown of civil government that is unrepairable. So think about what I just said. You have a breakdown of our civil government. You have a breakdown of the function of the Congress, the function of the Supreme Court. You don't get your trial in your court. You don't get a trial at all. Uh, you don't. The American people aren't heard. The state houses failed to do anything about it. Some of them did a little bit. Some of them did a lot. Some of them did nothing. Uh, you've got Congress that sat on their on their heels, thinking, "Oh, let's just let's just move on from this guy Trump. Let's just certify Biden's victory and move on. Let's not look at the evidence." So again, you just you have you have this breakdown of government. This breakdown. It doesn't work. Does that make any sense? Like government doesn't work. It's not working for the people. So basically, when you don't when you have a government that doesn't function anymore, it's like yeah, you, that that gives Trump every ability as the commander in chief to do such a military uh, intervention. So again, I'm not going to cry if people are arrested and try and put on trial. I'm not going to cry for these politicians and these ex these co corporate executives and stuff at Twitter and Facebook and all this. I mean, these are these are people who are committing crimes and nobody there's no justice. Does that make any sense? No Supreme Court's going to do anything about it. The FBI isn't going to do anything about it. Nobody's going to do anything about it. So again, it's a dysfunctional government. So we exist in a dysfunctional government. Okay, another thing that's been happening is that they've been moving military forces to D.C. And, and Trump declared D.C. under a national emergency. It's like, okay, wait, like we already know, intelligence already knows that like militias aren't going to go in and attack Joe Biden's inauguration, right? Nobody's even, do you even know a liberal that's going to Joe Biden's inauguration? Honestly, ask yourself. Ask your liberal friends. Hey, since you love Biden so much, you hate Trump. Hey, are you going to the inauguration? Are you going to spend the money to fly there? Oh, no, no, no. That Oh, that'd be, oh. Why not? If you love Biden so much, there's no enthusiasm for this guy. Literally, at this guy's inauguration is going to be all military. It, it looks like a military regime, okay? So this is it's just embarrassing. But the point is, it's like, wait, why, why is there a military? Why is there all this military there, right? And then, and the media love it. The liberals love the military being, oh my gosh, they're there to protect us from these evil Trump supporters. But people believe that the military is there because there's about to be a massive overthrow of our government, you know, our illegitimate government, not the, not the populist, but the illegitimate government. They really believe that. So again, that's, that's interesting, right? You got military there, DC is under lockdown. There's walls being built around the Capitol. I mean, guys, it's 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 pretty it's pretty intense over there. Um, I think they're checking like people's like information going in and out of D.C. I, they're expect something big is happening. Basically, is what I'm trying to say. I, again, why would they spend all this money and spend all? Again, it's just it's just weird. It's just weird. Why do they need all this National Guard there? Why do they need everything? And and under FEMA, under the Insurrection Act, the National Guard is not uh is not the authority that is given to the National Guard is not going to be under the governors. Usually the governors have the authority to sort of tell the National Guard what to do uh, and different National Guard are, are sort of everywhere in different states. Well, when when the Insurrection Act is essentially, you know, put into place, signed into, in, in, into law, uh, the, the, the president ultimately has 
powers over the National Guard. So he can tell them to do anything and they have to listen to him. So again, just this is very interesting how that works and, and everything. Uh, now, as of yesterday, I think, or two days ago, there has been the the, the, the declassifying of the incriminating documents. So the American people can preview the evidence before the trials begin. So what's being declassified essentially is the evidence, right? The the involvement of the Ukraines and Biden, the Chinese and the money coming in and 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 the Pelosi's and the, and all these government officials who took in money and bribes and I mean guys, it's bad. I mean, that's what's being declassified essentially right now. So if it's being declassified, then people are going to they're going to look into it, they're going to look over it, they're going to see about it, they're going to they're going to see the truth, right? So truth is being revealed right now as they declassify things. And so if again, if the honest person, the most honest person looks at the crimes that were committed by these different political people in the political class, they're going to come to the same conclusion, which is that hey, these are crimes and they need to be prosecuted. That's what the that's well-to-do people really believe that. If that if that if 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 people commit crimes, even if it's a political class, they deserve to be punished. That's what in America, that's what we believe. That's what Americans believe. So that's why Trump is declassifying all of these different things. And so that's something to take a look at. Now, um, one of the last things I'll say is uh Dr. Steve Pachenik, there was this recent viral clip of Steve Pachenik, who is if you've ever seen the TV show Jack Ryan, the CIA operative who's overthrowing countries and he's involved in all the different things, and there's different movies and TV shows about him, um, that's Steve Pachenik. Steve Pachenik is a real guy who overthrew the Nicaraguan government. He helped collapse the Soviet Union. Uh, he's met with the Ayatollah of Iran. Uh, this guy has been everywhere. The guy is in, he hangs out in North Korea. Like he's he's got contacts everywhere. He's been involved in the overthrow of many different governments. He's done a lot, okay? He's done a lot. And he is sitting here saying that Trump is about to be taking out all these people and that Nancy Pelosi is going to be arrested and Biden's going to be arrested. And I mean, he really believes this stuff. And so, you know, I mean, for a guy, is he going to ruin his reputation? Like just to say all this stuff? I don't know. I mean, I, I'd like to not think so. Because a lot of the stuff that Steve Pachenik talks about is uh, is very accurate, you know. And he was on the Alex Jones show talking about this stuff. And, you know, frankly, Alex Jones was very skeptical, just as I am, you know. And he was like, how is this going to happen, dude? Like, there's no way this is going to happen. And Steve Pachenik was willing to bet. He said, look, I'll never come on your show again if this doesn't happen. And Alex was like, all right, you know, it's not that you don't have to come on the show again. It's just... People are proven wrong. Everyone's been proven, you know, people are wrong sometimes and that's fine. We don't, we don't want to, you know, but Alex was very nice and Steve Pachanek was very confident and he was just very bold and he was just really out there with, 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 with his ideas. I think, I think he sounds crazy, honestly. So with that being said, again, it makes sense that the military should be used uh, to implement a, a sort of a martial law in DC and, and, and have trials and, and yeah, you know, we need this correction. America deserves to know the truth about our government and knows the, to, to, to reset our government into the future. A lot of people talk about the gold standard being implemented. A lot of people talk about crypto. A lot of people talk about all kinds of different uh, scenarios, really positive things that could happen out of this. And I, I want to believe that, you know what I mean? I want to believe that. But um, I basically, in conclusion, 
If you want to watch that Dr. Steve Pachenik video, I can give you the exclusive link to that if you if you're interested. I'll, I'll send it to you. So just just tell me. It's a 30 minute long interview, and I mean you got to hear it. I mean this guy sounds so fucking confident, and he thinks it, I think it'd be important to know because if what he says is true, you're gonna need food, you're gonna need water, you're gonna need you're gonna need to be ready for 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 chaos, okay? Uh, because it will be chaotic. So that's my advice to you in terms of that. And uh, yeah, so I just went over. The two camps of thinking, you know, there's just these two ways of thinking going into this. People think that Trump is going to lose and that it's all over and that, you know, there's just going to be this resurgence of populism and everything. That's my thought about it. But, you know, it's important to consider all avenues. And uh, but but there are some people who somehow believe that which makes more sense to me. Obviously, I, I think that we live in a historical time period that would allow for something like this to happen. So it's exciting in that sense, um, but overall, we just we just don't know. We just don't know. So um, that's pretty much the conclusion for for this podcast. And um, and I really just hope for for everybody to get on board with what whatever is going to happen. Just be prepared. Um, and another thing is that I'll be doing another podcast, and it's going to be about kind of just what do we do going forward. You know, regardless of what happens. Um, and that we'll get into details there. But since this is an hour and a half long podcast, I'm not going to necessarily get into that now. But um, I just explained to you pretty much the two camps. So anyone can be right. We don't know, but we're about to find out in like five days who's going to be right, who's going to be wrong. And it's very exciting. You know, it's very exciting. I mean, Biden can Biden could still be inaugurated and somehow this plan still works out. Like Trump can still be, I don't even know, guys. It's just, so much can happen. Um, but again, just kind of throwing all this, all the scenarios out at you. And again, I'm a very balanced person. So I'm giving you, I'm not giving you one certainty that one thing is going to happen for sure. So I'm not like that. Let's we're in this together and, uh, we're at a place where we need to find out the truth. So, you know, that's one thing I'll leave you with, but let's discover the truth together. Keep an open mind and stay positive. No matter what happens, we've got this and, uh, we're ready to, rock and roll into the future. So you guys have an awesome rest of your day. Peace.